Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. So um, we have got a pretty heavy topic, but also a topic full of amazing hope today because we're talking about the topic of addiction, but that's only a small piece of this because the bigger piece of this is just the light that Christ and the Holy Spirit and our faith brings in the the darkness that can be addiction because we're talking today about an amazing a ministry that was founded um, by a nun in Italy back in July of 1983, and it's called Chinacolo. And there's so much about Chinacolo that it's going to be hard to share all of it just in this short time we have together today. But we are very blessed because we have got with us today Albino. He's known as the formal troublemaker working with Chinacolo in the Americas, but he's really responsible. So he's responsible for Chinacolo in the Americas, and there are 72 houses and missions around the world um, in 20 different countries, and you'll learn more about that. Albino also brought with him two of the residents of Chinacolo in North America, and so we're going to be so excited to introduce these two beautiful young women to you today as well. But before we get into those details, in more detail, we'd love to open in prayer as we always do. So, John, would you open us in prayer? I would love to. Let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, our first instinct always in prayer is, is to reach up and look up and give you thanks and praise for your constant providence and for the gifts that you pour out, sometimes that we recognize and many times that we don't. And St. Augustine said it best, and we echo his prayers, and you have created us for yourselves, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Mm-hmm. And you call us constantly, and we confuse that call sometimes, and we search for you, and we ache for you, and and we find the wrong ways to fill that ache for you, and still you reach out and call. And today, Father, while we are together, we just ask you to touch the minds and hearts and souls of our listeners, those who are searching, those who are aching, and those who are confident in your grace, and just touch all of us to understand what it is that you would have us know today so that our thoughts and words and deeds might constantly give glory to you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Albino, our listeners always love to hear about uh, the faith journeys of other people, right? Because too many times we look at those that are doing what we would consider significant things and assume they were born uh, without sin, they were raised without sin, and magically they, you know, glow when they walk. <laughs> and a lot of times uh, that's not really the case. And God brings us from a one point, very different point, to another point. So would you be kind enough to share your faith journey with us? My name is Albino Aragno. I'm Italian, uh, born in North Italy, Savigliano, and a small town. I am 66 years old. In my times as a young, uh, you know, we all went to church as a part of our culture, you know, mm-hmm. you know be baptized, the first communion, uh, confirmation, you know, you name it. The whole time, and even in our young age, uh, we were spending a lot of time in an oratorium, you know, that uh, that was really part of our culture, you know. That's uh, how we all grow up over there, playing uh, and being around uh, exposed to the good of the church in those days. And so, and also, you know, pretty much I was a good, uh, 
you know, for sure, uh, with my own struggles, uh, whatever, you know, like a normal teenager. But growing up, I spent a lot of time in, in around the church. And then at one point, uh, in uh, you know, my parents, uh, they were also good Catholic, but not like, uh, you know, going to Mass every Sunday. And that's uh, like, it was the normal part of our, of our uh, society and also our culture completely. And then I, when I was around uh, 16, 17, so then I started like the click, uh, the rebellious, uh, something different, uh, searching for something new, who knows, you know, what I, you know, something also, you know, I always try to be rebellious, you know, but I never like to follow completely the rules. And, you know, so, <laughs> so that started this idea, you know, and then uh, pretty much, so, and then I went to completely to the other side, the opposite of the church. So really as a mind, mentality, political, uh, rebellious, uh, you know, so, so really, and, and also all of that led me to experience experiment. In my times, there was really experiment with uh, light transfers, and then uh, you started with the light one, and then it went to, to the, another uh, direction and another. And so I started my journey in the darkness, and I abandoned it completely my faith, uh, you know, against the church, uh, mentality, you know, completely in the opposite way. All of my periods on darkness lasted for a while, I would say 15 years. And then, you know, so through like a lot of, uh, you know, different experience, which, uh, you know, is a, is a journey with the drugs and addiction, uh, you name it. And then at one point, you know, I remember that arriving to the point that, uh, you know, you lost everything, you are sad, unhappy, no life inside, no life outside, burn every bridges, lose everything I had. And so then when I decided to, you know, I had the opportunity through tough love uh, from everybody around me that I entered in, you know, I found Comitational that was just open for the last seven years, uh, really close by to my own town, really close by. I remember when they opened in early days because a couple of my friends went over there, you know, in early days. So I was exposed to that, but it was not my time because sometimes you need to arrive to your own time. Mm. Oh, because sometimes it's not like a, like we always said in God's times, you know, right. and they're not my, you know, our own times. So that's when uh, I pretty much introduced and immersed into an incredible journey of faith that uh, it was kind of refresh, restart, and reborn mm -hmm. completely. Because also... It's not the winning community, not for sure to discover the faith, because also I was uh, even against completely. But also, in a time when you are immersed, and then what's happening, and, and through the, the journey of the community, really that's where I, my faith was refreshed and restarted and reborn. You know, even if in the beginning it was against, but I remember our founder, Mother Rivera, which was very wise, and this very wise, even now is more impaired. But she always told us when we were coming in community, don't worry about the faith. I have the faith for you. Oh, wow. wow. I believe for you. Because also, you know, when you're coming from after all our experience that we have had, you name it. So you're not in a position to understand and to comprehend what's happening, you know. 
So, and she was really amazing. She said, you know, do not, because I remember telling her, I don't believe, I don't think they're going to believe ever, you know, I am against. You know, she always let us talk, but they say, don't worry about that. <laughs> because it's not the time to worry about that now. Now is the time to start living again, you know? Right. And so then, uh, little by little, uh, the faith started also by example. Because when we arrive in community, you have a chapel, and then you see a bunch of drug addicts kneeling down in the chapel. Mm. And also, that's also the example of say, if they do it, which some of them I knew even from before, if they do it, I can do it too. So then everything started, and then the mind clears, and then you understand, and then so it took me a long time to really re-embracing the faith inside, but I was just doing it. And not like I became a theologian. In community, we are not going to that part, but we are much more like in a concrete faith, you know, mm -hmm. like the faith of service, the faith of uh, helping others, the faith of really desire the life of everybody that is around you, you know. So that is like uh, the concrete faith that, and also sacrifices uh, and believing, you know. Uh, our community is a perfect example of, of faith because trusting in God completely because the way that is run, no, not super, you know, competent. I would say, no people, there were no people who would not trust them before in any ways. You know, how can you trust a bunch of addicts right. living together? You know, so it's not like there was so much trust. And then second one also. We depend completely on God, you know, like in everything we have, in everything we do, you know. Even in going buy food, we don't buy food or whatever, you know. People come just, you know, everything we receive. So that is also an incredible teaching of faith. Because you see it, you touch it with your own hands, you know. And, you know, so that is also a create like, a, that is the best expression also for the people they don't believe. They come, say, so even if they don't believe, but they touch at their own end. Yeah. You know, so that's also what's happened for me. You know, even for a long time we didn't believe it, but I touch it, you know. I saw it, you know. So, and then, and also Mother Vila, really, she is the one, the expression of faith, you know. I want to be like her, you know, in a way. So you, you have somebody to follow that really believes and spend a lot of time in prayers and kneeling down and uh, nights, uh, you know. So that was the example that we had in front of us, you know. And that also gave us gave me the, this journey, beautiful journey that I re-experienced, you know. So, oh. so that was deep. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. There was a lot in there. <laughs> and there was, I heard sacrifice, I heard faith, I heard I have faith for you, I heard prayer. And Albino, it's, it, it's clearly listening to you, a powerful, powerful scenario. And the success that we're going to talk about a little bit later is, is amazing. But maybe back us up for a second and talk sure. about how the ministry was founded. And, and Mother Evira, yeah. clearly a, a powerful, powerful force of faith. Maybe tell us a little bit about Chinacolo and how yeah. it was formed. Chinacolo was started from this nun, uh, Mother uh, Sister Elvira. This was in 1983. That she had... Uh, She's not like a, a person that uh, wake up one night and say, tomorrow I'm going to open a community. You know, it's not like a... But she saw in her times, you know, there was like in the 80s, the late 70s. Uh, in Italy, we were following the United States, in a way, the, the rebellion, the drugs, uh, you know, you name it. So there is a, the whole culture in those days, you know. And she saw it from the inside of the convent. She saw really uh, this youth 
they were lost and desperate. And there was not much uh, help for them because also it was pretty much everything was new. You know, the the moment of the, the introduction of drugs was the beginning in those days. And so there was not much help for that. There was also other priests that started different communities in, in Italy. But, uh, you know, she had this fervent desire to do something for the youth. And pretty much she was in the convent and everybody, even the superior over there, when she tried to speak with the superior, everybody say, you are not competent. You mm. didn't study. You do, what do you know about? What can you do for them? And, so, and they make it wait for a long time, six, seven years. And she waited and waited until one day she found, you know, she was, uh, in the, the order was also doing this, kindergartens in a, in a small town and they were running kindergartens, you know, like, a, and she worked in the city, in the town of Saluto. She, she knew the area well. She knew there was an old abandoned house on top of the hill. And she asked the, the mayor of the town if she could use it for, you know, and they allowed her to use it, you know. And so pretty much at one point, she could not wait it anymore. And she pretty much left, you know, with another sister and another lay person, and they went into this abandoned old house, old villa, really on a beautiful location, but really in pieces, abandoned for many years. And, you know, that uh, community started. She started working over there, uh, cleaning up the property, and then little by little, uh, young people came in. You know, they heard there was this, uh, this nun over there that wanted to try to help, and some people walked in, and then, and then I started like that. So there was not like a, the, the, the study or the preparation or <laughs> that program. Like, think about in America, we're going to plant boom, boom, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we know? But that was really a work of faith of the Holy Spirit. So she started with the desire to really do something for the youth. That's how it started. So pretty much being a nun, she continued to do the morning prayer, even a prayer, you know, like... A, you know, the, the first room that they fixed there was an old, like, little room, and it became the chapel. And the guys over there, they start working, you know, and uh, uh, some people bring support material, you know, like a sand and gravel, you know, to pour, to finish up and fixing, the, the, you know, to, to really create an ambient good for everybody to live with. And little by little, uh, you know, so even the, the prayer was not introduced immediately to the young people in community. She said it, it's not like she was want to force them to pray. But mm -hmm. even some of them, they were the one asking them, what are you doing? You know, oh, we are praying. So can we join you? So mm -hmm. that's also like the prayer was introduced, not immediately, immediately, but, you know, in time, you know. And then in the beginning, she allowed them to smoke. And then she realized, that, you know, they, they were fighting for the cigarette. Yeah. You know, that's how we are, you know. <laughs> so the cigarette become like a trading, you know. Right. I'm going to give you a cigarette, I'm going to make my bed. And, this, and <laughs> so and there's no cigarettes anymore. Authority. She was an authority and not afraid. She said, if you want to leave, everybody can leave. We're going to give you money for the bus ticket. And then, you know, they, they make a nice uh, fire pit, you know, like they burn all the cigarettes and nobody left. Wow. You know, in a way, so, so like, uh, the, also see uh, the faith, but also no fear. Yeah, faith you without know, fear. The courage, the courage, because she's very courageous. Think about that also people were criticizing her, you know, a nun with a bunch of drug addicts. You think how many gossip can happen in a small town and so and so. 
But she knew that was the line, and she had like, a, I, would, I always say she had a direct line yeah. with God, and also the protection of the Blessed Mother. And that's why she, boom, determined, she never stopped it. So that's how it started, the community. And uh, I would say after a few years, uh, you know, she was thinking that the house, okay, one house, that's it. That's what is going to happen. And then the first house filled up. And so after that, they say, you know, we need to look for the second house. And they found the second house not far from the first one. And the divine providence always has been an incredible instrument because also, you know, she was not getting, taking money from the government. She was like, like a completely depending on God's providence, his own people. And so, and, and also, that's also the best part of the faith because you touch it mm. and you see it. And for us addicts that we don't believe in anything and we don't trust in anything also is a mentality that we have because it's a mentality that doesn't trust. Because mm. you live just always watching your back because you do something illegal all the time. Mm. You need to cover up all the time because you do something that you're not supposed to do, you know. So that's why there is not a trust. And also you are in people with, with people that, you know, it's not like you can trust them. So instead, in community, the fact that uh, people were bringing whatever they need to bring, or food, and also it's not like a calling, okay, I need this, I need that. No, just coming, and also learning how to stay without, too. So there was this need to open the second house, and then the second house was open, and then, uh, you know, the second house filled up, and then the third house. And she was always say, I'm amazed. I will never picture that. And also, who am I? Also very humble, too, you know? And why God is choosing me to do this, you know? And also, another great thing is that she always said that uh, everything, also the little rules that happen in community, which we can explain more later, but she always said everything that I do and I have learned, I learned it from the addicts. My book of the community is the book of life that I learned from the people living in community. Mm. Because who better than them knows what is the real story and what what can be good for them, you know? And that's why in community there are no professional people, there are no, like, uh, the expert. She always said the, the best experts are the people that went through that. Mm. So that's why the best expert for us is, like, a person that is helping the others. And so then one, two, three, four, and then uh, so we opened many. And I entered a community when I had, there were seven community houses, 1990. I did my journey in Europe in different places, in different houses. And then three years later, they sent me to America to open the community in America. Think about Mother Vila, courageous, the priest invited her to come to America to say yes. I sent seven Italians without speaking much English, <laughs> you know, to open in America. So also you see also the saints, how they think, completely not in a normal way. This and seven of us just trusted us to go in America, which has been a, an incredible journey and not an easy one to begin with. But it's been a beautiful journey too, you know, a journey of faith, a journey of love. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. It's so amazing. Uh, it's just, we're enthralled. I think we're enthralled. Listeners, if you are just tuning in to the family room with us here today, you are listening to the voice of our Italian, our new Italian friend, Albino Aragno, and he is the director of Cianacolo, and that's spelled C-E-N-A-C-O-L-O. Um, but if you want to learn more about Cianacolo, we'll have it on our show notes and tell you more as well, but you can go to Hope Reborn 
Reborn.org and read about this amazing story he's talking about where Sister Elvira, just with grace and the Holy Spirit and this attitude of faith and can do, opened her first house 40 years ago. So you're on your 40th anniversary. Yeah. And now there are 72 houses in over 20 countries around the world. It's um, so absolutely amazing. As you talked, there were a couple of things that I thought were so amazing. She didn't have any formal education. She didn't have any formal schooling in how do you help a drug addict, but it was the Holy Spirit who's done it. And as you said, she then continued to just learn from them, and she modeled prayer and humility and faith, and her faith was enough for everybody. And I know that one of the phrases that you say at Chinacolo is now is ora et labora, so prayer and work, which is a lot of what the day is like is prayer and work. What's interesting, though, what struck me was the whole idea of she didn't tell us what we had to go do Mm. by other people living the faith that have grown in the faith, praying, whether it's other addicts or other people, drew you and others into like, wow, if they're going to do it and they're just like me, why don't I go do it? And it's just another one of those testimonies of how living our faith is going to be a bigger example and a better example than me trying to preach it or me trying to tell somebody, live it, love it, and then, frankly, and I, what I love is leave it up to God. Mm-hmm. These are God's works, not ours. We take too much credit for it. Yeah, and so Chinooklo, it's open to women 18 to 30 and young men 18 to 40. So that's kind of an age. But then there is a process, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, about people apply to come and be part of community. And it's free. It's offered for free. Like you said, you just rely on the Holy Spirit to provide everything you need, food and clothes and hygiene product and everything else. And we're going to tap in more after the break to hear more from these beautiful young ladies. But we do have two current residents of Chinooklo here in the U.S. with us today. So we'd like to introduce and say hello to, to Marley and Jacqueline. Ladies, hello and welcome to the family room. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Would either one of you like to um, tell us a little bit about yourself? and how you came to Chinooklo. So my name is Marley, and I've been in community in America in the Women's House for a little over a year and a half now. And yeah, just a little bit about me. Growing up, I was a very, like, lively child and and very, very free, but just kind of how the world is today, you know, like you go throughout your life, and I feel like I was um, this liveliness and this, like, freedom and this, like, I was like a social butterfly, kind of like, you know, didn't sit still in class. I was very different from like the rest of the kids in the class, but quite often it was very like um, shut down, you know, by my teachers or my peers. And so like this like joy that I feel like I had was often like, you know, outcasted or like seen as different, not well behaved or not good. Or mm. So yeah, I struggled a lot at home too. My, my family was struggling at this time. And so I, I grew up pretty quick. I feel like I feel like this um, joy and my ability to like express myself as a child kind of was like muted. And so I grew up and I am the only child. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So I was raised in the faith. Um, yeah, just growing up, I guess I was, like, um, always because of this, I felt very different. I felt very, like, outcast or um, I was always, like, searching, searching for for love. I felt very unlovable as a child, you know, mm. like, for many, many different reasons. But I think we all can, like, as the youth today can experience that. Like, we, someone wants us to, to be, be something else, be like something else, or... Um, 
you know, you just, they just, you're not good the way you are mm. type of thing. And so I really struggled with that in school. And so like I went on this like search for, for love and like all the wrong like areas of life. And um, yeah, just growing up, I got into a lot of like um, toxic relationships and I was in a really toxic relationship for, for a very long time. And it was really difficult for me to get out of. Um, I was probably like 16, 17 up until college, like 2021. Um, and so I was finally able to like, um, to like leave. And, um, in this, in this time and throughout high school, I was like, um, struggling too with, um, with like experimenting and like doing, um, hanging out, partying with the, like hanging out with the wrong people. Um, yeah, I had an emptiness that I was like trying to fill. And at this time I wasn't practicing my faith. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't, um, yeah, I was pretty far from it. And, um, but then after I got out of this relationship, it's kind of where my life really took a turn. I was super broken. Um, and I turned to, to drugs, harder drugs. And I just became like physically dependent. Um, and yeah, I had to drop out of school. I lost my job, and I just I just lost everything. I was very, very lost and just, like, desperate. And so coming I mean, to hearing about community, I had a family member in community. I'm not in community, but who, like, considered coming to community because she also struggled with the same thing. She never did, but, like, we, I had known about it for, like, probably, like, 10 years from her. But, like, my family was, like, encouraging her to, like, try it, come and try, and um, not knowing that one day it would be for me, mm. and my family, it would be for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I was very, very scared. I tried treatment. Um, it didn't work out, you know. Mm. But, like, also, too, I knew it in my heart that, like, the sadness that I felt for so long and, like, the the joy that I had lost or, like, um, the thing I was searching for wouldn't be, like, it would take longer than 90 days. You know, it would take longer than, than even a year. Um, for a moment, I wasn't willing to accept that, but I also, like, when my all my options were exhausted, I had a piece that, like, um, yeah, that only, it wasn't just, it wasn't just to get sober. It wasn't just, like, the drugs, like I had something interiorly, I had a sadness, I had like um, lost myself so much that I needed a lot of healing and I needed something more. And I knew that like God had put that on my heart to surrender mm. and like and come to community. It was really a grace to like have that mindset to just surrender. That is great. And, like, be- yeah. And when we come yeah. back from our break, we want to hear more about that because that's beautiful, mm-hmm. that grace that you walked into, Marley. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much. So listeners, mm-hmm. we would like you to come back and be with us here in the family room in just a few minutes. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. 
This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. Welcome back into the family room. We're having a great conversation about a uh, organization called Chinoculo, and we have Albino, who is the uh, director for North America, and we also have two of the young ladies who are actually in community with them, Marley and Jacqueline. And if you were paying attention, you got a lot of information about Chinoculo, and then also started to hear Marley's journey down this path from darkness to light. So if I could, Marley, can I ask you to uh, jump back in for your story and then would like to hear from Jacqueline as well to hear a little more about your story as well. And for those of you, because it's radio, uh, you can't see the beauty of these young ladies. When you hear about darkness, you picture something. But for us in the studio who can see them, all you see is light. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome to see what this community has done for you. Not seeing you before, but seeing you today, you can see that there's a light, a beauty, and a hope in your faces. Marley, do you mind bringing us back in? Yes, for sure. So, yeah, just entering community was super scary, but um, like I was saying, like, given the grace to, to surrender, that was really what got me through it and, like, hanging on to that. Like, that was my little miracle that God gave me to encounter Him again. Because when I entered community, I was just lost and... Didn't know what I was fine. I didn't know much about the community at all. 
uh, I just came. I didn't bring anything. I just came, and I was, like, provided for. You know, you just, I didn't come with anything. I just myself, and, 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 and people loved me. You know, when, we, when I first got the community, we, we call it a guardian angel that we receive, and that someone is introducing you to the community, and they're with you for a month. You're with them. You work with them all day. You're with that one person. And, like, um, coming from um, just our backgrounds and where we come from, it's, like, your first friend again, like, the first person that you can, like, really trust in. Yeah, and that, for me, gave me a lot of, like, hope. Also knowing that, like, yeah, just seeing people like me who have gone through the same things and have, like, similar stories um, have such faith. Like, how how the decisions that they make throughout their day is, like, what I wanted and what I wanted for myself. And, yeah, just seeing their testimonies is kind of what got me through the first, like, six months. And I, you know, following, being a follower in a good way, you know. (laughs) Sometimes you don't know what you're doing. You go through the motions. But then before you know it, like, the healing starts happening, and you start to wake up to, like, what God is, like, doing in your life. And now looking back on it, I can see his hand and I can see even why I had to go through my addiction in the first place, you know, and then I was able to be a guardian angel to someone entering the community. Wow. And, you know, it's a gift. Yeah, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And what about you, Jacqueline? Why don't you bring us into your story? Hi. So my parents got divorced and I was only seven years old. And I've always lived in this fantasy world that my life is perfect, everything's perfect, I'm perfect, (laughs) I'm under this huge mask that I just live in this pink world all the time. And um, when I was young, I never really experienced anything bad. I always just told myself, life is good, like every day is good. And it became this like huge mask throughout my life. I lived in two different worlds. And I was ashamed that people would find out my life behind closed doors. Mm. So I always was super happy, super energized, and that's like my natural state. But I would always be over the top to make sure people knew that I was that way. I lived with my mom half and then with my dad half. And I would go between both houses and live two completely different lifestyles in one week. I lived in an ordered household with my mother, and I was always provided for. I've never been without. And then on the other hand, I lived in a pretty toxic household with my father, and there was always aggressive arguments going on, and I was always shut down. I was told who I was. I was told what I was capable of and what I was not capable of, and I had no freedom to be who I, who I wanted to be or who I could maybe try to find out who I was. So I began to wear all these masks because I wanted to be seen a certain way. And I wanted the love of my father. You know, I would constantly try to reach out to him and be that daughter and like, be like, dad, just see me. Like, look at, I started to try to rack up all these accomplishments, being good in school, always being the best athlete. I tried to be the best at everything just to come home and be like, dad, look, I'm good. And never received. I I was always still shut down. And because I wasn't receiving the love and attention I wanted at home, I tried receiving it from the world. And in school, I would try to be the class clown and be the most noticed person in all ways. I was always constantly changing who I was for who I was around. Mm -hmm. And I would put on a mask of being 
the friend that everybody wanted. And in a lot of ways, I would change who I was for the people around me. You know, I was super lost and I just wanted to be loved. I would change my wardrobe. I, would, I was so extreme in all my ways because I just wanted love so badly. I would change my wardrobe to fit in with a, a group of kids. Mm. I would change the way I talked, the way I dressed, the way I acted. I would change my curriculum and like the activities I did. I got into so many different things and I'm so all or nothing that I gave my all and everything trying to be friends with this one group. And then I saw it wasn't fulfilling. So then I dropped that to go to the next group. I would even wear the mask on like social media of trying to be this person and try to be like the one that everyone likes. And I would get super upset if I wasn't like getting that attention off of social media. And this, this grew into me like, wanting to gain a lot of control. I've completely lost control of my entire life and who I was. And I later in life found who Christ was. I wasn't I wasn't raised in the faith at all. When I was 16 years old, I was a partier. I was always doing all these crazy things. And I randomly had this desire to go to church. So I walked myself down to the local Catholic church. And I didn't understand any of it. My friends told me that the, the building's going to burn down when I walked in there. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what a sinner was. And um, I still had this weird desire to still go to church. And I remembered when I was a child. I slept over a friend's house, and her mom said, if you want to sleep over on a Saturday, you have to come to church with us on a Sunday. And she took me to this Protestant church, and I remembered it, and I went to it, and I started going there for about a year and a half. And in this time, I started to see, like, I don't really want to be like the world. And I got super extreme in my faith. I was attached to my Bible. I was everything was about Jesus. And um, I got this group of friends. We together became super traditional. And tradition is beautiful. We all converted to the Catholic faith, and it's all very beautiful. But for me, for somebody who is super all or nothing, and I constantly wear these masks of trying to be good, I, I, I put on a mask to say, hey, look at me, like this self-glorification, um, it became too much. And when I became Catholic, I became super traditional and super rigid. And I was this holy, pious woman on the outside, but inside I was super empty. I was super lost. I was super sad. I would be in the chapel all day long, going to mass every day. Oh, I live the best life. Like my life is perfect. Who wouldn't want a life like mine? And then I would go home and I'd be super sad and empty. I had a friend who told me about Chinaklo. Her brother was in community. He was an addict. And she came for like a couple experiences. People can come and check out our community and come for a week at a time or six weeks and live our life with us or we can enter. And she told me to go check it out for the summer. And I was like, all right, I'll go for a little retreat. And <laughs> I did. I went, I was a nanny and the family I nannied, this is just the providence of God. The family that I nannied was leaving to go to Spain for six weeks. And I went to adoration. I was like, okay, mother, where would you like me to go? I don't want to stay idle. And she said, Schnockel. And I said, all right, I'm going to go to Schnockel for a little retreat. And my second day here, I was in the chapel, and I was with my guardian angel, and we were all together. And I think we were praying the rosary. 
And my second day here, I started just hysterically crying and trembling and shaking. And she goes, okay, my guardian angel says, let's go outside, you know? So I went outside and I didn't say a word. I just sat on the bench and weep. And when I was able to take a breath, I said, I'm stuck here. <laughs> so what do you want me to say? And she goes, what do you mean? It's only your second day. Don't worry about it. I said, no, no, no. You don't understand. I have this peace I do not understand. And I know the Lord is wanting me to stay here. And I didn't understand it. And um, nine, I'm nine months later now, I've stayed and I haven't gone home. And I don't regret a moment of it. Being here, I am truly like the slave that was chained. And I am walking every day having chains broken. And it's like, it's not like I'm doing something. It's not like I'm getting better at my prayer. My words are better. It's not like I'm becoming more pious. It's not that at all. It's the life I live here. Mother Avira teaches that when the men... They went to the, the house and they started rebuilding this house because it's an old broken house. Like the rebuilding of those walls is the rebuilding of our interior, of us inside. And the life that we live here through our works every morning, um, through our friendships, through the ways that we pray, that is what is rebuilding the inside. It is not a treatment. It is not a regimen or this routine that is like that you'll go to at rehab. It's nothing like that. It is completely the Holy Spirit. It is completely adoration. It is the ways that we learn how to work with our hands. Mother Avera teaches that our hands are our first providence. <laughs> and I remember the first time that I understood that. I worked so hard with my hands one day. I've given so many opportunities to work in ways I've never worked before. And I thought I was a hard worker, but being here teaches me really what it means to work hard, what it really means to use the gift of my body, the gift of my hands. And I remember the one day I worked so hard, my hands were callousing. I went to the chapel and I prayed it and I was just Wide looking at my hands, thanking God for the gift that I'm able to use my hands for a good purpose. I'm seeing slowly by slowly who Jacqueline is and not who the world says Jacqueline is or who the world wants Jacqueline to be. For so long, like in Ephesians, it says, like, I was a slave to darkness. You know, I was a slave to the will of the devil, the dark one. But now I'm in Shnaklo, and now I am, I'm a slave to the light. You know, I'm, I'm being broken free. I'm... Yeah, I have such joy, and it's authentic, and I'm learning the goodness of life through the lifestyle here. If you're just tuning in, I would tell you you're listening to The Family Room, and you're listening to Albino, and you're listening to Marley and Jacqueline, and I'm going to tell you now the truth. You are listening to the work of the Holy Spirit. I have. We have had awesome guests, and we've had amazing things, but to watch and see, and, and folks, I wish you could see the faces that we're looking at here. Just thank you for sharing that with us. I've noticed something when you folks talk, and, and I think, Marley, you said it. You said, hey, I tried rehab. I'm not sure I'm using the right word where you said rehab or a program, but I hear you talking over and over, not about a program, but about community. I'm getting a feeling that it's an important difference, but maybe you could help me understand it better. Yeah, I like I said, I like tried treatment. And I went, and there's a, there's a huge difference, and it's very simple. It's a very simple difference. It's like um, kind of how Albino said and Jacqueline saying that like we're really immersed in faith. And I think that's the biggest difference is like the relationship with God that is presented to us, the encounter with God that's presented to us. I feel like it's not just about like 
in a, in a rehab or like a treatment sense. It's not just about getting clean or and then starting over and you're in like you're in this cycle of treatment and then having to you know do it on your own or but it's like teaches you charity it teaches you like love it's not about money it's not about your own selfishness to 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 do what you need to do and and go back to work or you know it's like really rebuilding your life and like that's the importance of it loving one another like learning that Uh, mother avira calls it the school of life and not that not many people get the opportunity to experience we're, we're taught how to live, like the teachings of the community teaches how to live a, live a life, a fulfilling life. At the end of the day, you're like fulfilled because you love the person in front of you, because you saw the person in front of you. And that's just like super special that just at other places, often, you know, just don't offer. And that's why, like, people get stuck in this type of addiction. And it's very, very different than any other treatment because we have, in all of our houses and community, we have the Eucharist. We go to we have our personal adoration an hour every day. We have the Eucharist in all of our houses. Mm. Like that's a huge gift. Like the church has Jesus in in the house, you know, but we have him <laughs> in our home where we sleep, like, you know. Wow. And like it's just special. You just can't really experience it like that in anywhere else. And but I would say that. I would say like being able to like rebuild yourself and then being taught to always see the person in front of you to love. The charity and the way that you overcome yourself and your selfishness and all these, these like interior feelings, um, it brings you out. It, it fulfills you. And that's like where this emptiness comes from. It's like we think that we need to feel, feel something for us, but really like you just, you're, you're something for someone else. That's the gift of your life. You give the life, the gift of your life to someone else. Mm. And that's what truly fulfills you. And I feel like that's what community has taught me personally and like I'm sure Jacqueline too and and all of us you know and I feel like that's the huge biggest difference is like the faith the immersion faith um encounter with God and like the love well I mean you've just given a testimony to the answer to every one of our problems yeah you know the answer to you know we're worried about a politician we're worried about this I'm not good Mm -hmm. enough I'm not whatever and Mm -hmm. the answer is Jesus Christ the answer is living the faith he gave us very simply, right? I mean, I'm looking at you too. Uh, we, I can see Albedo as well, but I'm looking at you too. Is is almost like the two apostles that Christ sent out and said, "Don't take anything with you. <laughs> Don't take money. Don't take anything, and go. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to pour the Holy Spirit on you, and you're living it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what else to say, but it's for me, it's a huge testimony of trust Christ, live the faith. Do what he's given you to do, and it's going to change your world from you inside and the outside, and it's just going to be an amazing testimony to everybody out there that's searching. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, as you told your stories, it's so clear that you learned to trust. Um, As Albino said earlier, you were living in a world where there there wasn't a lot of trust. You learned to trust. You learned to love. You learned to love sacrificially and to give, and we can just see it by the looks on your faces that it brings such peace and joy and hope. And that's kind of what I see too, you know, as the apostles are sent out, they are sent out with hope and they were sent out with this gift of healing and hope and Jesus. And that, you know, Listeners, if you are listening, if you have anybody in your lives, I'm going to start crying again. We've been going through the box of tissue here as we've been listening to these precious girls. But if you have someone in your life who needs this, please, please reach out. And as we said before, if you go to 
hopereborn.org. You don't have to be Catholic. You know, these two young ladies are Catholic. Obviously, Mother Elvira is Catholic. It is a Catholic place. You do have Jesus in the Eucharist right there. You have daily rosary. You each have your daily adoration hour as well. Um, But I know you do take people who aren't Catholic. And just by example, they're offered this amazing gift of, of Jesus. So, Marla, you've been there a year and a half. Jacqueline, you've been there nine months. It sounds like the normal um, time in community is about three years. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So three years. And then I know you mentioned, somebody mentioned before that you kind of almost have, even though there's not a program, it's like the first year you're really working on your body and then in your mind and then your spirituality, but God's woven throughout all of that. Is that right? Is there, is there anything more detail you guys want to talk about kind of just what that, that looks like? And Albino, you can, you can jump in too, if you want to. Yeah. So um, Mother Alvira teaches that it takes three years, you know, for the addict to get to that point. You know, at first you got to work on your body, like getting it back to um, working like this. And then, you know, after a year, your fog is gone. You know, you can start to think right. Mm-hmm. And then the spirituality comes and you start to grasp things and you start to see clearly. Um, it's not that we work first years for your body, second years for your mind and spirituality, but it's that, that is how it comes over the years. And that's how, um, like how we like kind of enter in, um, like for the addict, but, um, everyone moves at their own pace. The Holy Spirit moves at um, at different paces for everyone. Because you know, myself, I didn't um, I didn't enter as an addict, so you know, I didn't have much fog to get rid of outside of the masks that I wore, um, and I still am tearing those off. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the three years it really helps you to come to find yourself. Um, it's not like yeah, we don't have a, it's not a program that, you know, we say you need to be here for three years. It's free will to be here. Mm. Um, but the fruits, you know, are so good. You can't deny the fruits of being here that, that, you know, it's a hard lifestyle. It's a hard lifestyle to look at yourself every single day, have people, a part of our life is that we have people telling us the truth every single day. Um, we point, we point out the things in one another that are flawed to help mm. them to grow like Marley and I, we constantly are, you know, going head to head with one another, but afterwards we, we love one another. Because <laughs> true friendship we learn is not um, seeing something about somebody and just letting it be true. Friendship is pointing it out and telling the sister, Hey, I see that you do this. Hey, I see that you're a liar. Hey, I see that, you know, you're a little sneaky or, you know, uh, I see that you're a little bit quiet. You know, we point these things out. Um, not to not to be mean, no, no, no. But Mother Avera teaches this that because these are called help. We are to help one another to grow, to call each other higher. So do me a favor, clarify something though, because you said, and Albino, maybe you can address this, that um, you you weren't an addict though. So what prompted you to go there? And Albino, do you have non-addicts that go that are looking yeah. for healing from other things? Yeah. So. I had one of my best friends, her brother was an addict, and she told me about this place, and, you know, she knew about, like, my own struggles, and she knows the fruits of community, of how it is just, like, a stream of healing. Like, she she would describe it to me, and she herself wasn't an addict, 
but she would describe it to me and she would say, there's just, some, there's just something about Chinaculo. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's just something about Chinaculo that is healing. And um, I knew I needed healing. I knew, you know, how empty I was being in the world and how dry it was, how it was really tearing me apart. And I needed something. I needed some substance to, like, bring me back to life. I was, I was honestly truly dead inside, but to the world, I looked alive, and I looked like I had it put together. Yeah. And You and a lot of people. Yeah. And Albino, yeah. Albino, it looks like you have a thought. Yeah, because also the community is born, in the beginning was born for the people struggling, you know. But through all the years, we, we saw that, uh, you know, even if you are not an addict, you know, there are people that we see also for the girls' house, we have a lot of girls that come for experience. They come to experience a life that is different, uh, that experience something different in their own life, also because they need a, a break, they need a lift in their life, they need a push, they're stuck, unhappy, uh, maybe successful too, you know, went to school, college, you name it, you know, but it's missing a lot. Mm -hmm. And those guys, young people, they come also, how many young people now in these days are anxious and depressed is the key, are the key words yes. of the young people now, which they have everything at their own hands. They have a phone, computer, video games all day, they're locked, social media, you name it, are so close in their own self. And then they're so anxious and so afraid to make any decision in life. Instead, in community, you know, first of all, you take a break from your own family, from everything, you know, away from your own, your room, you mm -hmm. know? So you are, okay, so you begin to dialogue. There is not a telephone, so you are, so pretty much you need to communicate with the others. Uh, there is not a, for the girls, uh, look at your own self, uh, how I look, how mm -hmm. I am. How, mm -hmm. The whole uh, social media. Mm -hmm image uh, that there needs to be so much pressure on it that's why you see them no makeup nothing in communities pretty much is like a, there is a beautiful dress code very simple modest uh, you know that uh, uh, they call it amish girls you know, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know the, whatever you know whatever but in the meantime because also that the focus the focus is on on the beauty of our own life you know? yeah yeah, and that's so well said. And um, Albino, Jacqueline, Marley, we are blessed to have been with you guys you. today. I think we need to talk to you again sometime because the Holy Spirit is just on fire today. Listeners, once again, if you go to our show notes and you'll learn more about um, this beautiful community of Chinacolo. If you want, if you have somebody who needs to potentially look into applying, you'll find that on the website. If you also have um, want to donate, you can donate and support as well. So go to hopereborn.org. And um, we are just going to say, come Holy Spirit, as we close out today. So come Holy Spirit, um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. And please join us again here in the family room next week where we help offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.